one year. One year from today, BYU will officially be members of the Big 12 Conference. We're celebrating that on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. But the most important thing is thank you for making us here on Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto for our network is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. The goal here, simply stated, is to make you the smartest BYU BYU fan in the room by giving you all the BYU news that you guys need to know about. So today is July 1, 2022. A year from today, July 1, 2023, BYU football, BYU basketball, and the rest of the BYU programs inside the BYU Athletic Department will officially be members of the Big 12 Conference. I guess the university as a whole will also be a member, but this is a phenomenal, phenomenal day to look ahead. 365 days away from today, 365 short days away, BYU will be part of the Power Five, and I, for one, cannot wait. On today's show, we're going to talk about how I want to see BYU proceed in the football realm, getting ready for the Big 12 over the next year, the basketball realm for the men's and women's program, and then just the overall athletic department, what they need to do as they move forward here to get themselves ready in the next year for entrance into the Big 12 Conference. So on the football side of things, overall, I want to see BYU continue to invest. They've invested at a very, very heavy clip, especially considering BYU history in terms of their investments in the athletic department overall. I am pre-recording this podcast. I've been uh, uh, playing these shows throughout the week that I did last week and I recorded this Friday show last Friday and on Friday BYU head coach Kalani Sitake named Pat Hickman as the new director of recruiting replacing Jason Ayu on his staff also uh, named Jan Jorgensen as a defensive analyst obviously bringing the Janimal home uh, Jan the all-time sack leader in BYU history formerly was the all-time sack leader in Mountain West history just a phenomenal player spent time as a graduate assistant at BYU before embarking on uh, some other opportunities at the junior college ranks, most recently serving as the defensive coordinator at Snow College in Ephraim, Utah. And then also two other moves with Christiana Roberts being named as Kalani Sitake's executive assistant and Anna Lamb taking over as BYU's office manager. The thing about this is I am seeing BYU invest at just an absolutely insane clip. And that's what I love to think about is BYU just understanding that, hey, we're going into a conference, we're going into a level of football that we have hitherto and from here on out have not seen before. We need to be as ready as possible. You have seen that unprecedented contract for Kalani Sitake. You have seen them hire, what was it, uh, eight new staffers. Uh, the thing about this with uh, you br- with the Cougars bringing back Jan Jorgensen, that leaves BYU with six analysts when uh, just a couple of years ago they had maybe two or zero 
It's it's not been very long. They're up to six analysts. They have their four graduate assistants. Excuse me, though they have no, they have seven analysts. I apologize. Seven analysts overall. You have your 10 assistant coaches. And then beyond that, you have five members of your strength and conditioning co- staff, which in just over a year ago, BYU only had two members of a strength and conditioning staff when you can have up to five at the, at the FBS level. And then in the administrative support staff, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 off-the-field staffers that we have not named quite yet, including Pat Hickman. I think BYU football is doing everything it possibly can to get itself ready in terms of just having the resources behind the scenes. Will BYU ever be the top heap in terms of hiring anybody and everybody and having just this absolute um, glut of bodies in the athletic department, especially in the football program? No, they won't do that. They'll spend their money relatively... do I say reservedly? I don't know how how to say that quite correctly, but they're not going to just go out and blow out the budget. They will do things within reason. That's probably the easiest way to say it. And I like the fact that uh, they are investing. I talked about this last Friday on the podcast that uh, with Keith Vorking taking over as the advancement vice president, he's a guy who understands the value of football. He's a business guy. He knows you uh, invest in things that bring the best return on an investment. That's what the football program is for BYU. It's a cash cow. It, for many, many years, has been the chief uh, financial driver for BYU athletics. The entire athletic department depends on the football program. It will continue, obviously, to be to be at that level that it's going to be required to kind of lead the way. But the nice part is BYU understands. I think Keith Vorking understands more than most. You've got to put money into it, and we're seeing BYU invest at a very very high clip. Obviously, on the field, you got to have results going into the Big Twelve. I believe that a nine win season is kind of where I have BYU tagged right now as the benchmark for success in my mind in 2022, but you over 10 wins that make it 31 plus wins over the past three seasons as you get ready to go into the Big 12. That's phenomenal. We're seeing BYU swing big, swing for the fences when it comes to recruiting. We've had some conversations this week with guys like Ed Lamb who said that, yeah, we are revamping how we've gone about recruiting. There's a different caliber of athlete that will listen to BYU's coaches because BYU is going to be in the Power Five. You cannot discount that. What I love about Pat Hill Hickman in particular coming back as the director of recruiting is he's going to work with Justin Anderson. They were actually a duo that worked with Bronco Mendenhall at Virginia. Both of them previously have worked at BYU. They understand the whole dynamic of Brigham Young University recruiting to this place. While they have Power 5 experience, they did it for the six years that they were on Bronco Mendenhall's staff. And having uh, Justin Anderson as the director of player personnel, as well as Pat Hickman leading the recruiting efforts for BYU, it's a home run. It's an absolutely phenomenal hire. Two guys who have Power 5 experience experience, but also have worked at BYU, understand the unique nature of what BYU is all about with regards to its institutional, I guess, uh, mantra, what it is endeavoring to do in the lives of its students and its student athletes. This is awesome to see for BYU football. So I just want to see BYU continue to invest where they need, they feel like they have a need and make sure they're as ready as possible, as, as, as ready as they possibly believe they can be ahead of July 1 next year. The crazy part is that you will not obviously be able to have everything prepared, but the runway BYU has been given, especially in football, to get ready for this 
it's a little bit of a, a it's a small miracle. It's a, a small blessing, I guess, is what I should say. Because BYU's been able to look at programs like Utah and TCU, who are the former conference mates in the Mountain West, who have made the transition to the Power Five level. Both of them have reached pretty good success at that level, but it took them some time. I think BYU can learn from that. The best part is Kalani Satake, Elisa Tuiaki, and Aaron Roderick were all on the staff that made the transition for the University of Utah to the Power Five level. They have been through it before, and they know how to go through it now and get you ready for Power 5 play. I am ecstatic that BYU is going to be a member of the Power 5. I cannot wait to be tracking the conference races, all conference players, all that jazz. I am all for it. It has been far too long since BYU has had that as part of their everyday lives with regards to being members of a conference. I, for one, cannot wait until July 1, 2023. Now, on the basketball side of things, we need to delve a little more into that. What is it going to mean for BYU basketball on the men's and women's side of things as they get ready to go into maybe the strongest basketball conference in the country? We'll touch on that in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at BetOnline. They are your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball scores every single day ongoing. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to esports and scores and betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season betonline.net remains your fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events including mma boxing and golf as well head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action available to you now it's all courtesy of your friends at betonline where the game starts Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. If you have not done so already, I'm going to encourage you guys. I'm going to point here down in this right corner if you're watching this on YouTube. Hit that follow for more podcast button. It subscribes you to the channel. Please enable notifications, that little bell button. Smash the like button. Leave us a comment or two, what you like about the show. Drop your questions in there. Love your guys' interaction. And even the thousands of you who listen every single day in the regular podcast form, if you have not done so already, yet yet another plug for you guys to leave us a rating and review. It's absolutely critical to our continued success for you guys to be interacting with the show. But thank you for doing so. All right, let's talk a little BYU basketball. BYU men's basketball in particular, I think, is going to maybe face the toughest transition in the Big 12 as they make it into maybe the strongest. It's top three, the very, very worst. In terms of the strongest overall basketball conferences on the men's side of things. The women's program at BYU under Amber Whiting, she's going to be a second-year head coach leading BYU into Big 12 play. Uh, The funny thing in her circumstance on the women's side of things, before we jump back over to the men, is that what she doesn't know is actually in a way an advantage for her. Because she'll obviously go through this upcoming season leading BYU women's basketball through their final stanza of being members of the West Coast Conference, but she will obviously not have everything figured out. There's no way you can as a first-year head coach. So in some ways, going into the Big 12 as essentially a blank slate, wouldn't be a bad thing for the women's basketball program. Now, with regards to the men's basketball program, whew, it is going to be an absolute pressure cooker of a conference to compete in. There, I don't think I'm breaking any news to anybody out there when I say that. This conference is elite. They are absolutely phenomenal, top to bottom. The worst team in the conference last year, was it West Virginia? Bob Huggins, a Hall of Fame coach leading that program. That shows you the overall depth and breadth of what BYU men's basketball is going to face when they go into the Big 12 Conference here. The biggest thing for Mark Pope is to continue to try 
try and find the right formula for his team. I think he's done a good job putting together this year's roster. He has been very methodical about this. I remember when uh, Caleb Lohner transferred to Baylor and all this stuff was going on. A lot of us, and I, I'll include myself to a degree, we kind of piled on and said, okay, what is Mark Pope doing here? Has he kind of lost the lost the reins of this a little bit? Sure looks like he got them back under control. And I, I think just looking at it from a, a kind of a looking back perspective, the hindsight perspective, I think in many ways Mark Pope already knew what he was doing. Maybe he was playing chess while we were all playing checkers over here on the other side. But the biggest thing for BYU in basketball is to make sure that they are investing and getting opportunities to do what they can do. The men's basketball program, similar to BYU football, announced they are hiring a recruiting director. It's something BYU has never had before in the men's basketball realm. Well, I understand why you need it more in football because you have 123 men on your football roster versus what? 16, 17 at the very, very most, including walk-ons at the college basketball level. So there's uh, far fewer bodies to track, but having a recruiting coordinator who can love up guys, these four and five star talents that BYU I'm sure will continue to chase and make sure they understand what BYU is all about. Make sure you're interacting with them, making them feel like they're valued by the BYU staff. That type of stuff is going to be very important for BYU. The way to compete in this conference is to get elite talent. Now, you can get that talent two different ways. You can use the transfer portal, and I've got no reason to think that Mark Pope is going to go into the Big 12 and say suddenly, you know what? I'm done using that transfer portal. I'm, I'm set where I'm at. No, he'll continue to use the transfer portal. The other part of it is recruiting talent and developing it. I believe that Mark Pope is still kind of figuring out his talent development phase of his coaching career. He has done it to degrees during his time both at UVU and so far at BYU, but a lot of his teams have been transfer-laden teams, and this young talent that's been on the roster has not necessarily been able to come up and really show what they can do. I think as you get guys like Dallin Hall into the program, Tanner Toulson coming in, Richie Saunders, Those are the type of guys that you're going to develop over the next year or two and expect them to lead you into this new era of Big 12 play. Obviously, Kellen Chandler is the four-star prospect coming into BYU. He's expected to take on that type of a role. Jackson Smith, the transfer from Arkansas, he's got three years of eligibility remaining. He is a former four-star talent in his own right. So the talent base for BYU basketball on paper right now is actually not in a bad place. I actually think it's actually in a pretty good spot, all things considered. The biggest issue will be, though, making sure that BYU and Mark Pope have the resources similar to the football program that they feel like they need to have success. Now, does that mean that a guy like Mark Pope is going to just absolutely uh, love everything about the Big 12 and he's he's planning on being a lifer for BYU? No. If you were to ask me and put a gun to my head and say, okay, which of the two uh, main coaches at BYU, whether it's Kalani Satake or Mark Pope is the first to leave, I put my money really quick on Mark Pope. I Kalani Satake is a BYU guy through and through. Mark Pope, everything about him I love, but the simple fact of the matter is he did not go to BYU. He is an outsider, and that's not a bad thing. Let me be very, very clear about this, but if a bigger and better opportunity he feels like he can have more success at comes along... I would not be surprised even with BYU in the Big 12 of Mark Pope saying, you know what, thank you, it is time for me to try something different. And I'm not saying that's going to happen right away because I think Mark Pope is actually more than content to ride out the transition to the Big 12 and see where he stands as a coach as he goes into maybe the toughest basketball conference in the country. 
the nice part is Mark Pope, I believe, understands what he's up against, and he's been trying to tinker with this lineup for at least the last year or so to get it into the shape he feels like he'll need it going into Big 12 play. Like I said, I don't expect BYU basketball to be an upper echelon Big 12 team right off the bat. I actually think BYU football is going to be a better competitor at the top end of the Big 12 in football early on than BYU basketball. And that's just not that's not to say that BYU basketball all of a sudden is going to be the 14th out of 14 teams in the Big 12. I think that's going to be UCF. I don't think UCF's basketball program is anywhere in the realm of any of the other programs in the Big 12. That's my personal opinion. But you don't want to be 13th. You want to be sitting kind of mid-table. If you're sitting at 7th place, a 6th place finish, that actually might get you into the NCAA tournament, even if you might have a losing record. That's the crazy thing about this. It is a big time opportunity for BYU in basketball. No longer do you have to have a 27-3 and record with wins over Gonzaga and St. Mary's and sweat it out on Selection Sunday to be maybe an at-large pick to get into the big dance. Those days are done, folks. When BYU joins the Big 12, automatically, if you finish in the top half of that conference, you're more than likely, in my opinion, to make the NCAA tournament field. Could you be an 11 seed? Absolutely. But you will get the benefit of the doubt. It's kind of the, the, the you're flipping that coin and suddenly it comes heads up instead of being tells for you guys. And suddenly you're getting the benefit of the doubt. Whereas before you're complaining about those other teams over there in the Big 12, you're like, hey, what about them? Well, guess what? They were getting the benefit of the doubt. You weren't. In a year's time, 365 days from today, that coin will flip and you will be on the inside. That is the positive if you're the BYU basketball programs. The women's uh, program is also got the same situation. That is what is exciting about this. Will both of them have their struggles early on? No doubt. I actually think they might be two of the programs that are going to be the... I don't mean to make this sound harsh, but they may be two of the weakest programs in the Big 12 early on in BYU's tenure. That's just simply how I see it. But we'll, we'll have to kind of wait and see how everything plays out. But... It's coming fast and heavy, folks. And the nice part is a guy like Mark Pope, and I also think that uh, Coach um, Coach Whiting, Amber Whiting, I think they understand what they're up against. And like I said, ignorance is bliss in a little bit of a way for Coach Whiting. She'll obviously have some idea of what she's going to do uh, going into the Big 12, but some of the stuff she may not know right off the bat uh, this first year with the West Coast Conference, it could be a little bit of a blessing in disguise as she doesn't get too used to that. She's going to have to up the game right away as BYU gets ready to go into the Big 12. All right, now we've talked about football. We've talked about basketball. What about the other programs as well as the athletic department as a whole? We'll touch on that. What I want to see from them over the next year as they get ready for Big 12 play. But first, a word on our friends over at Rock Auto. Absolutely love this company. Rock Auto's uh, goal, simply stated, is to save you guys time and money when using their resource. What I love about Rock Auto, and I have used it multiple times myself. I have a daily driver I've got to uh, maintain. I have headlights go out every so often. It's an, it's an older car. Let me be frank. It's a daily driver. I've driven it for, wow. I've been married to my wife for just over seven years now. I've had it for... Just to, maybe a little bit, almost eight years. I've had this car forever. It's been a, it's been a machine, but I'm trying to take the best care of it as possible because right now, let's be honest, interest rates and used car selection, not that great. So that's why Rock Auto comes in clutch. Why would you willingly choose 30, 50, even 100% markup for the same parts at a car dealership or the chain store that you might be happen to 
happened to buy it from. It's a family business. Speaking of our friends at Rock Auto, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, mortar oil, even new carpet. I can speak to this. The best part about their website, it's easy to explore and use. It's kind of old school. You just kind of go find your car. You click on it. You tell it what part you need, and it throws every option at you, and you get to select what you're looking for. It's got the solution for all of your auto parts needs. So get to rockauto.com and check it out. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to give us some credit though, right? Locked on in the how did you hear about us box when you uh, get there. So that way they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, before we go on today's edition of the podcast as we round up the week here, let's talk about what I want to see from the BYU Athletic Department as a whole as they go into the Big 12. I think the first thing is we've already seen some restructuring inside the BYU Athletic Department. We saw that last week with the three senior associate athletic directors named that will report directly to Tom Homo, kind of hopefully streamlining the process of reporting the news that needs to be up the chain uh, to him. I actually wouldn't be surprised to see more people brought into the athletic department as a whole. Now, you're probably saying, well, Jake, they've already got 14 associate athletic directors or uh, uh, assistant athletic directors, or in the case of a guy like Brian Santiago, a deputy uh, a deputy athletic director. You've got a lot of athletic directors already on staff at BYU. I'm not saying that necessarily you're going to go top heavy and continue to add athletic directors. I'm just saying the overall staff, I think you may see the, uh, more jobs hired for. That is what I'm expecting from the BYU athletic department. I obviously think, to- think that Tom Holmo, Keith Vorkink, Kevin Worth, will maintain very strong ties to one another to make sure that the university's mission and the athletic department are working in lockstep. They already are doing that, but you just got to maintain those lines of communication, keep them open, and make sure everybody's on the same page. I actually think the other athletic programs in BYU's athletic department, a lot of them are actually going to be poised, I think, to be very competitive, similar to what I think BYU football can be. I think that cross-country and track and field, they're already competing at a national level. Both of those programs on the cross-country and the track and field side of things on the men's and women's side of things were ranked in the top 10 if not the top five and have won national championships in recent years they're going to be elite even in the big 12 because they already are elite in the west coast conference now programs like softball and baseball okay they're up against it a little bit like the basketball programs because you're going into one of the premier basketball and softball conferences we just had the oklahoma women's softball team just absolutely obliterate everybody and anybody who stood in their way on their way to the national title so they're going to have their work cut out for them golf i think is going to be an interesting dynamic to see if men's and women's golf is able to be as competitive in uh, the Big 12 as they have been right away. Programs like Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Houston, they crank out professional golfers at a high clip, and BYU is a cold-weather school. We'll see how they deal with that. The sneaky good programs, I feel like, that are going to compete right away, women's volleyball. I think that women's volleyball is going to step in and absolutely be very, very good right off the bat. I think that they will be absolutely phenomenal in the Big 12. I think that the tennis programs, I think they'll be okay. I think if they continue to kind of do what they do, they kind of toil in anonymity over there at the tennis courts at BYU, but I think they'll be all right. Gymnastics will be interesting to see how they do. Obviously, it's a step up for Guard Young and his staff. They've done a good job having a top 20 ranked program. It'll be interesting to see uh, how he adapts to that. But then the one other thing uh, I want to talk about is with regards to the men's volleyball program. That is the only program in BYU's athletic department that will not be competing in the Big 12 simply because the Big 12 does not sponsor men's volleyball. They will remain in the MPSF. But the funny thing about this is men's volleyball, they're like, okay, great. We're just doing our thing over here. I actually think BYU's athletic department is going to be fairly competitive early on in BYU's uh, run in the Big 12. I think as just the overall depth of BYU's athletic department, 
I think they can be competitive. Will uh, there be some pitfalls along the way? Inevitably. That's just how things are going to go. You cannot uh, plan for everything to go the way you expect it to. It's the whole thing of uh, prepare for the worst. I know that you all, okay, you hope for the best, prepare, prepare for the worst. That was a statement that my grandmother uh, said, said to me all the time. And it's so true. And that's exactly what BYU is going to have to do in terms of their overall athletic department. They just got to make sure that they are as prepared as possible. I would expect you're going to continue to see added improvements to the facilities, to the overall um, budgets of these quote-unquote Olympic sports in BYU's athletic department. They may not come in right away. They may have to wait until the Big 12 money starts to roll into BYU's coffers. But... I fully expect BYU will continue to invest across the board. Obviously, they'll invest more heavily in football and basketball, I would imagine, but they will invest across the board to make sure that they are as competitive as they possibly can be. Tom Homo, one of the hallmarks of his tenure as BYU athletic director is the fact that he has made the overall depth of BYU's athletic department maybe the deepest it's ever been. They've had some great programs in their history. There's no doubt about it. But to have the programs competing at the level they're competing at and doing so in such a unique fashion and getting results. That, oh, and I, I didn't even mention the women's soccer program. That's a program who I think can go into the Big 12 and maybe win it right away. Jennifer Rockwood has put together an absolutely rock-solid program, pardon the pun there, but she does a really, really good job. And the women's soccer program, they just made a run to the College Cup. What are they What are they fearing going into the Big 12? If I'm Jennifer Rockwood, I'm like, all right, thanks. Let's go. That's the thing about it is there are big opportunities here for the BYU athletic department to kind of go in and be upper echelon right away. That's the fun part for BYU. Obviously, uh, programs like Texas and Oklahoma, so long as they are still in the conference, they will remain the big dogs. Uh, There are different programs from different schools that are elite in different sports that you'll have to compete against. But I really actually like where BYU's balance is across the athletic department right now. And I do think that there will be programs who struggle. As I said, basketball on both men's and women's side of things. The baseball program, I think, will have some issues. Softball as well. Swimming and diving, we'll see what happens there. Tennis could have its foibles. But there are a number of programs as well who I think that step right into the Big 12 and are like, all right, um, what else you got for us? That's the thing about this is there are programs at BYU that are already Power 5 level programs, including football that are competing at that level already. That's the positive if you're BYU. So just make sure, if if Tom Homo, he has no reason to watch my show, but if he were, I would just tell uh, Mr. Homo, continue to believe in the mission of BYU and invest in it commensurate with that expectation. If you want to have the success that you so heavily promote for BYU's athletic programs and their department as a whole, well, put the money into it. And let's see what you can do with it. That is the exciting part if you're a BYU fan. So there you go. That is what we are talked about. As what we were talking about. That's what we talked about on today's show. A year away from BYU officially entering the Big 12 Conference. Those 365 days are going to roll by pretty quick, my friends. But I cannot wait. I am super, super excited to be tracking it all. And of course, we'll have you all covered for you guys right here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Appreciate your guys' patronage. If you want more on the Big 12, make your second listen our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors does an incredible job making sure you are apprised of everything going on in that conference. Check it out free and available wherever you get this wherever you get your podcast. All right, that'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your Friday, a great weekend. And of course, live shows. Anything crazy that happened this week while I was out of town, we'll cover it for you guys on Monday. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. Have a good weekend.